Howdy and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. I'm Jerry Snyder. As an elite level athlete, owner of All In Health and Wellness, and author of the book Confidence Through Health, my goal is to help you achieve your goals and dreams using health as the conduit to get there. So I want to take a second to thank our sponsor for this episode, American Sports and Fitness Association. They are the place to go for your personal trainer and fitness certifications. They have a wide range of certifications, everything from personal trainer to golf fitness instructor to water aerobics to nutrition and sports nutrition. Uh, If you've been thinking about going into uh, sports and fitness instructor uh, arena, I highly suggest you check out the American Sports and Fitness Association. There's a link on on my website, confidencethroughhealth.com. Go there to look at other episodes of the website, but also check out uh, their information. Uh, It'll link to their website, and you can check out more information about how to get certified as a sports and fitness instructor. Welcome back to the Confidence Through Health podcast. It's your host, Jerry Snyder. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Taylor Sanders. She is a cardiac care nurse in the Plano, Texas area. She is in a trauma hospital, and we talked about what she sees on a day-in and day-out basis, what we need to do as a society, as a person, as an individual for prevention of cardiac disease, prevention of chronic disease, and preventing ourselves from being in her care. Because uh, ideally, we, you really don't want to be in her care as, as a trauma nurse in the, car, in the cardiac care unit. Um, we talk about the different diet plans and, and what, what a proper healthy diet plan looks like. We talk about exercise and the amount that you need. And we talk about the need to go to the doctor, the need to see um, your physician on a regular basis to help with that prevention plan. So uh, I think you'll enjoy this. I think it'll be uh, helpful for anybody that's potentially on that borderline unhealthy and not sure what to do. And uh, I found it motivating to stay on the healthy path. So uh, share this with anyone that uh, you care about that is, is heading down that, that unhealthy path. Um, and if it's your first time here, we thank you for uh, jumping on and listening to us. And if you would uh, send this to somebody, subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify, Uh, So you'll hear all our future episodes come on and um, send us a review or a comment or a question. I'm happy to address those uh, in future episodes and answer any questions anybody has about their health. But uh, without further ado, I bring you uh, Taylor Sanders. So this week I have uh, Taylor Sanders on the Confidence Through Health podcast. So thank you, Taylor, for being a guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jerry. So before we get into sort of the, the real reason why I wanted to bring you on with, you know, your background in, in nursing and specifically working with people who are uh, dealing with sort of the, the chronic, dis- chronic disease part of things. Tell us a little bit about like how, who you are, where you got to um, helping people in what you're doing. Yeah, sure. So like you said, my name's Taylor. I work in the cardiac specialty. I'm a registered nurse at a level one trauma hospital. 
So I'm surrounded by brilliant people and fantastic resources, which is a great environment to keep learning and growing. And I'm constantly on the search for more knowledge and, you know, why do we do things? How do we do it better? How can we improve that? And how do we relay that to the public so that they're more educated and they can make conscious decisions to improve their health? Right. You know, I chose the heart specialty because it is critical, I guess you could say, in your body. Right. And, you know, you can't go far without it. Yeah. (laughs) And there are some really simple things you can do to help your heart be healthy, you know, and what you do to your heart, you're doing to the rest of your body and the rest of your body impacts your heart. So everything's very integrated. Right. Right. Very true. Um, And my my degree is in exercise physiology. So I've got some of the the cardiac side of things as well. Um, So. In your daily, you know, working with people, uh, you know, like you said, the heart is an important piece of the body. So what is it about sort of what we're doing that's wrong in, in leading people to be, you know, uh, cardiac problems uh, as far as they're, they're having chronic disease or whatever? Like, what is it that we're doing wrong and what is it or what, sh- what should we be doing to replace that? Sure, sure. So there's several risk factors that really contribute to cardiovascular disease. And they're all pretty obvious. And I think everyone is looking for a secret key and a secret pill to take. Right. Um, So the bad news is they're obvious and there's not necessarily secret. But the good news is they are, it's easier said than done. But there are things you can do to help. Uh, So one is your diet. You know, um, the, the American Cardiology College And the American Heart Association say, you know, focus on a veggie, a fruit, a nut, a fish, legumes, whole grain, focus on that kind of diet. The second thing is tobacco. You know, I know that's really hard to quit, but it makes such a difference. The third thing is exercise. Then you have hypertension, cholesterol, and diabetes. So, you know, even if you have some of those things like diabetes or hypertension, you can do things to make yourself healthier so that you don't right. have this cardiac problem. Right. Well, and one of the things, of course, you mentioned tobacco, which is also, you know, when you look at cancer, that's a big thing for cancer um, as well. So it's it's just a bad thing all the way around. And um, I, it's funny because sometimes I forget to mention that to people because, you know, you get you get stuck in a, in a routine or you get stuck in a way and it's like, oh, yeah, you know. Don't do that part of it as well. Um, (laughs) But I saw something that is interesting about that, that that tobacco is soon going to be no longer the number one risk factor for cancer, that it's going to be diet, which is really scary. (laughs) Um, You know, and so, so we'll talk about like, you mentioned some of the things that we're supposed to have in a diet. So is that, you know, is that something we should be doing once a week, once a day, once a, like, how should we be framing like our normal diet? You know, it, it's hard to kind of put that on people, but you know, it is some people say, you know, I, I eat meat once a week because that is my right. treat and I really need my chicken fried steak or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a lifestyle you want to head towards, you know, right. it, it helps. It's just that modifiable, not modifiable risk factor that you can really control. Right. Well, and one of the things that I, I like to tell people is that it's, it's not necessarily also what you eat, but how it's prepared that plays a big part in it. You know, yes. if it, yes. you, you can take the healthiest food and make it unhealthy by how you prepare it. <laughs> that is so, true. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or what you put on top of it, you know, so, <laughs> yes. so that you could eat it. So, um, but so talk, so in regards to why, why like in the body, why is it a, a plant-based diet 
you know, where you're, where you're really focused on whether it's 80% or 90% or, you know, that higher plant-based diet, why is that better for your body than, you know, the good old fashioned meat and potatoes? <laughs> you know, it has a lot to do with it, you know, how it's broken down in the body and, you know, mm -hmm. we won't get into the science of all that, right. but you know, you are what you eat and your body can only right. work with what you put into it. You know, so when you're talking about like the coronary arteries, which are the arteries in your heart that feed your heart muscle. So even your heart right. needs blood. Right. Um, so whenever you are eating foods that have a lot of that cholesterol, you're supplying your body with cholesterol to line those arteries, you know, and then that sets off a whole reaction where your body recognizes this is foreign and it's trying to cover it up. It gets bigger and then it ruptures and all of a sudden now you're having a heart attack, you right. know, so it's all about what you're putting into your body. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that, that when it comes to like that, that plaque around, you know, the arteries, the cholesterol that builds up is like, is it true that if you eat more plants and then you're, you're sort of, you know, for lack of better terms, you're sort of cleaning out the pipes because it sort of is like the rotor rooter that goes through and cleans everything out. Well, you're not supplying your body with more stuff to hurt it, you know? Right. Um, you know, there's also been several studies that have shown that your body is more inflammatory when you're eating meat. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's also a huge part of that process with the, that plaque is the inflammatory process as well. Right, right. Um, and that that's something that whether or not, like, you can't always tell unless you actually have a heart attack. Like, you can't, you know, like, sit there and go, oh, my arteries are... 30% clock. Like you can't feel that. Right. But no, you can you feel the inflammation. Feel you can feel the inflammation, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, so usually when people feel it, it's their heart's not getting enough oxygen. They're not getting enough blood. Right. And then that pain is, is the result of that. And that's usually when people go to the doctor or the hospital and say, Hey, I'm having this chest tightness or this jaw pain or my arm, you know, and yeah. then, you know, we can do different studies, but they are invasive to see, how, like what percentage it's blocked, mm -hmm. but that's not something you would really necessarily want to go do for fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, the less time, less people that are cutting on you and cutting you open, the better. Yes. You know, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time. Yes. <laughs> um, so a lot of people um, think that they can live however they want and they'll just rely on the doctor to do the simple fix, whether it's a medication or like I said, a surgery, you know, but that's not always the best solution, right? To it's just... not a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are things we can do medically uh, with medication. We can try to help lower your cholesterol. You know, we can go in and clean out your arteries. Uh, you know, if there's several arteries that are blocked, you know, we can do surgery for it. Mm -hmm. um, but once you do it once, once you have one of those episodes, you're at a higher risk for having another episode. Right. Um, you know, and if, if, if your coronary arteries are full of plaque, well, so are the rest of your arteries. You're going to have problems with your legs and your arms and, you know, it's going to be systemic, you know, it's right. not just your heart. It's going to be everywhere else. So, I mean, the best method is prevention, Yeah. <laughs> you know, make yourself healthy. So you don't have to do that. You know, that's, I don't like that being everybody's first plan, you know, well, I'm going to eat this. And, you know, if I need to go get a calf done, I'll go get the calf done. And right. You don't want to do that. <laughs> it's yeah. a temporary fix for a bigger problem. Right. Well, and one of the things that, that, and I've told people this multiple times is one of the things that I even, I saw when COVID first hit and, 
you know, the, the news media was trying to figure out, you know, okay, let's talk about, you know, potential vaccines. This was early on. And so that was still way down in the future. Uh, but let's talk about medications that they're treating with. And I remember Dr. Fauci even said in one of the press conferences, he said, well, you, you remember that every medication has some level of toxicity to it. So just because there's a medication you can take to make yourself feel better, it's not necessarily the best option for you. You know, um, the best option for you is, like you said, to be preventative, right? Yes. So like, yes. Do those things like a, a good diet and exercise, you know, every so often. Um, yes. I mean, every medication is going to have side effects, right. you know, and, and there's not usually a way to mitigate those side effects. It's just that's the price you have to pay. And for some people, they would rather pay the price right? <laughs> and other people wouldn't. But the best way is definitely primary prevention, just eating healthy and exercising, doing your part to try to reduce your risks. Right. So when it comes to exercise, so what is like, what's the recommended amount of exercise, not necessarily for the average person, but for say somebody that's, that's already not healthy. And they're like, okay, I'm at that crossroads. Either I do something or I'm looking at surgery in you know, three months or six months. And so what's, go ahead. Usually if you are at the point where you might need surgery, your doctor will recommend a a rehab program, Mm -hmm. um, depending on how extreme you are, you know, all the way up to the point where you are in a specific medical facility where you strap on an EKG and we watch your rhythm while you are exercising so we can stop you if it gets unhealthy or unsafe. Right. Um, But the, the across the board kind of to reduce your risk is 150 minutes a week at least of moderate exercise or at least a 75 minutes a week of vigorous exercise. Okay. And so what's the easy way to tell the difference between the two moderate and vigorous? (laughs) Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are considering moderate exercise, vigorous exercise. So that's kind of hard, but you know, walking or biking is, you know, it's the moderate. When you take that a step further, you're running, you're doing, you know, very quick hills, biking, um, ballroom dancing for some reason is in the vigorous category, (laughs) which I thought was funny when I had learned that originally. Um, so it's really getting your heart rate up, you know, your heart is a muscle, you're strengthening your muscle when you're doing the cardiac exercises. Um, so it's really getting your heart rate up and building that endurance, making your heart stronger. Right. Um, and, and as much as some people don't like to sweat, like sweat is a good indicator of the level of your exercise, right? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, you are going to have to get sweaty. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, so I want to talk about like, there's a lot of people, but mainly guys that fall into this, this category here that I think is, is they just don't want to go to the doctor, you know, and it's, not even that like, I'll go to the doctor when I have a problem and they can fix it. Like we talked about, but more, they just, they're either scared or they just don't want to be told what they have to do. And so what would you say to somebody about like the importance of regular doctor's visits, um, you know, for their health now, but also for a longevity standpoint? Yes. Yes. I actually get a lot of patients who waited way too long mm-hmm. uh, and it was catastrophic you know, it really, it does matter getting, you know, assistance when you need it. You right. know, if you feel like you might be having a heart attack, 
go to the hospital. Worst case scenario, they say, oh, it's indigestion. And then you can just go on home, you know? Right. And so what we always in the medical field, you know, we always we uh, balance the risk versus benefit. And so I think when I'm making a decision, what's the worst case scenario either way. So Mm -hmm. if I might be having a heart attack, worst case scenario of me going to the hospital is they say, oh, you're not go home. But worst case scenario of me not going to hospital is I am having a heart attack and parts of my heart muscle dies. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes that's lethal. Uh, So I would always suggest, you know, go call your doctor if nothing else and explain what's going on. Usually if you're on a medication, like a cholesterol lowering medication, usually it's a statin, you have follow-up appointments to make sure that you're, you're reaching those cholesterol goals. Um, but okay. it is important to follow up and check up with your doctor and make sure you're on the right path, you know, and anytime you do that, they can give you, you know, they can make sure to steer you in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Right. Um, and that's, that's important also from like the standpoint of when they give you a medication, you always take it all the way to the end of it. Oh you gosh. Know? Yes. It's one of those <laughs> things like, just cause you start feeling better. That doesn't mean you're actually better. Yes. You know? <laughs> I read something the other day that said, if you're trying to get a hold of a nurse and they're not responding, just text them a message and said, I'm feeling better. So I quit after three days out of the five of my antibiotics, <laughs> you will get an answer. And I was like, Oh, right. yes, you would. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yes. You funny. take your medicine as prescribed. Yep. So what are three simple steps that someone can take to change their diet? Like what are three simple things? Cause I know that that's a big, I deal with that a lot with people is, you know, like, Oh, I, I, I can't give up this or I can't give up that. And I'm like, well, what are three simple things that they can do? Sure, sure. So diet, I would say get rid of sodas. Mm-hmm. You know, that's usually an easy thing you can replace with something else. Um, you know, you can drink tea instead, drink coffee, you know, drink a flavored water You know, that's something that you can kind of slowly replace and it's very helpful, you know, and then I would kind of always suggest looking for maybe just a slightly healthier option. You know, if you, if you're really craving a burger, you know, consider a veggie burger, you know, they taste really good. They're full of flavor. And I'm sure people, (laughs) I'm sure people don't agree all the time, but just look for healthier options. If you're going to go for cheese fries, maybe this time just do fries. Or if you were going to get you know, a double Sunday, try to get a single Sunday, you know, it's just, it's the small things that kind of slowly add up that can really be helpful. And, you know, we always say stay away from trans fats, red meats, processed Mm -hmm. meats, refined carbs. So just trying to find a substitute for those things would be really helpful. And I don't think anyone can expect somebody to completely change their diet overnight. I think it is going to be a slow process and you just got to do it one thing at a time, you know, but when you try to keep in mind, this is your life and your health that you're working for, then it might be a little bit more motivating to stay on the train. (laughs) Right. Yep. No, I was actually listening to a podcast today and they said, um, and it was, it's, it's a neuroscientist and she was talking about, uh, from a clinical standpoint, dealing with people on behaviors. And she said, you know, that the, for some reason, and she, she said she did the research and she couldn't find anything where research supported the 21 days to break a habit or create a habit. Um, and she said, it's actually like three or four times longer than that to actually create the habit. So I totally agree with you on making those small little changes, because if you try and do it like all in one day or all in one week, then 
you might be successful for a very short time, but it's probably going to backfire. Yeah. And it's very overwhelming. You know, I, I work in the hospital, so it's a lot of just hospital teaching. And when you discharge, we give you this packet of information mm -hmm. and a lot of people read it and think, oh my God, I just, this is too high of a mountain. I'm just going to, well, I survived, I guess I'll be fine, you know, and they just kind right. of put that out of their mind. So what I tell my patients when they're leaving, just pick one or two things and do that. And then pick one or two things after that. And, you know, just climb the mountain a little bit at a time, because there's just no way you could possibly retain all the information and make all those changes, you know, but right. just a little bit at a time is better than nothing. Yeah. And then going to your follow-up appointments and making sure that you're doing yes. what you're supposed to do. And take right? your medication. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, talking about the patients that you see in the hospital, is there, um, is there a trend one way or the other of like how patients are changing um, as far as who, what they look like coming in? Um, you know, are they, are they all coming in with this? And granted, minus the COVID that we've gone through with, you know, that being a big thing. Um, but as far as like, is, are, is, is obesity driving a bunch of, of what we see in the hospitals? Uh, yes, most of my patients and in, in the cardiac floors are obese, you know, that does have a lot to play with it. Um, you know, that diet and exercise kind of transfers to a bunch of other risk factors, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, hypertension, those two things, the diet and exercise will help that diabetes, they will help that as well. The cholesterol will help that. So diet and exercise really is at a huge core of a, a bunch of those risk factors that you can mm -hmm. help. Um, but it is really hard for a lot of people to commit to that and to stay on that. So I do see a large number of people that are overweight and that really does contribute to right. that problem. You know, if you have fat in your body, you have fat in your arteries. Right. And so, and, and it's not necessarily something that I know a lot of, a lot of people may, and I haven't heard about it as much lately, but you know, they'll go have surgery to remove fat or they'll have, you know, bariatric surgery or whatever to but that's not really, from a chronic standpoint, it's not really helping, right? No, you know, they, they, they took the fat off of your belly or your thighs or something, but that, that's, there's still fat in your arteries, you know, and, right. and that's the stuff that'll kill you. <laughs> right. You know, it may not be a cosmetic change once you, you know, when you get those things fixed as you would with your tummy tuck or something. Um, but that is, you know, you still have those, uh, those lifestyle habits you still have the problems with your arteries. Uh, so that's, it is just a cosmetic fix. It's not really a long-term right. fix for your health. Right. And you mentioned earlier that, that the, the rate uh, or the risk factor go, like goes uh, increases after you have an actual heart issue, you know, you have something happen. Um, you know, so the, the, the big goal is to prevent anything from happening. Right. Yeah. Um, so what happens if you do have that? Like, is it just, you know, okay, well now I'm, I'm, I'm set, I'm done. It, it's just going to continue to happen or are there Not things we all. can do? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times people's heart attack scares them and they realize right. I cannot live the way I live. I'm not going to do this anymore. I really need you just tell me honestly, what do I need to do to make this not happen again? You know, and we give them their cholesterol lowering medications. We talk about their risk factors, the ones that are modifiable and the ones that aren't, you know, if you have a family history, there's nothing you can do about that. Your family right. history is going to stay, but anything you can change modifiable risk factor, 
how do you modify those? How do you get them better with each one of them and how much can that contribute? And there's a lot of people that I just, I don't see come back, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate that it took something that scary to do something about it, but right. you know, all the family that they reached and that saw their experience, hopefully really took that information and is trying to make themselves healthier as well. Right. And I had a, a, a doctor on early on in, in when COVID hit, um, he was a cardiologist and he mentioned about COVID being respiratory, but also having some, some issues with the heart and having some effects on the heart. So is that something that y'all, you know, is that, and this was back in April. So I haven't talked to anybody about that since then. So is that something that you've like, is that something being talked about in the hospital? I've heard people say that it might be a COVID induced mm-hmm. whatnot, you know, with different things. Um, you know, I personally haven't read any studies on it, so I don't, you know, I don't want to speak to something that I don't know right. for a fact, but, and I'm sure we don't, that's a lot of those things we're not going to know until we see a bunch right. of data for, and then we're able to study it. But I do hear people say, oh, you know, this could be a COVID induced, you know, right. whatever is happening, Right. you know. Cause as, as, as we've all heard, COVID is, is worse on people that have comorbidities and already have health issues going on. And so again, one more reason to be in that preventable stage yes. when you're, I mean, when with you're looking any, at your health. Yeah. With any problem you have with any sickness, it is going to hit you harder if you have other risk factors, if you have other diseases, other comorbidities, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it is definitely to your benefit to live a healthy life. So your body's prepared for whatever comes at it. Right. Right. So what, what do you see is like the, do you see the future being like, we're starting to get it and starting to change or is it still, are we still from the, from the healthy standpoint, are we still fighting a huge uphill battle? So I think, you know, with different risk factors, I see different things, you know, tobacco use has gone down tremendously mm-hmm. and that's fantastic because it really, really does cause a lot of problems with your heart and with everything else. Right. Um, obesity is an issue, you know, more and more people are overweight and obese. Um, but I think there is on, on the whole, the trend cardiovascular disease has gotten a little bit better with our knowledge, with our drugs that we have. Um, with our education, you know, the, the more educated you are on something, the more you can combat it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see with this, like several decades of the trend getting better just because we're armed more appropriately. Right. Um, but yeah, o- obesity is, is getting worse. Um, but at least the tobacco is getting better. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you just, you got to work on it. You know, diabetes trends um, are trending upwards with a bunch of studies that we see. Um, and that's a huge risk factor as well. Yeah. So with obesity, like for the, for the average person who doesn't go to the doctor, you know, who, who may be putting on that typical five to 10 pounds a year, um, that, that I think a lot of people are in that situation, like what, and they, they either don't see it or they ignore it or, you know, they don't want to see it or maybe they do, but you know, that they, they blow it off or they write it off for some other reason. So what, like what, what classifies the obesity level? Like what, what are we talking about? Like weight wise, like the average person? Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say because I work with sick people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my vision is going to be skewed 
Um, but yeah, I mean, even, you know, walking around, looking around, I, I have nurse goggles. I'm cursed now that I, you know, been, (laughs) well, since I've graduated and I see people and I think, I wonder if they know they have heart failure. (laughs) Right. So, you know, looking around and I just notice people's health and, you know, I, I, I do think there are more overweight people and, you know, and it's unfortunate because our society is very conducive to that. Right. You know, everybody's lifestyle is, you know, drive the car to work because you have a fancy car, you know, do your Zumba class, but it might be more of a social thing. Right. You know, whenever you hang out with anybody, it always revolves around food. Mm-hmm. You know, our society really is conducive to that kind of lifestyle that kind of promotes being overweight. And uh, you just, you have to learn how to substitute things. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, and obesity is really like from the, it, it, it's 30, is it 30% for the BMI? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I've, I've seen studies that it's at somewhere in the 35% of, of Americans, you know, creeping up towards 40%, which is, is scary. Um, considering that the average, you, you should be somewhere in the low twenties with the BMI and to be, you know, that far off um it really does say that like there's 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 more issues than just uh, you know i'm not eating or i'm not exercising properly i think there's there's usually more issues going on um so can you speak to like maybe the support system for people that you see that are sick is it it, are they not is it not a healthy support system like for maybe for the general you know that you see so, you know, we, we ask a bunch of people, you know, what, what kind of support system do you have? And this is especially important when we do open heart surgery, because you need a lot of support for right. an open heart surgery. Even once we get you past that acute stage and you have chest tubes and pacing wires and everything else, you know, even when you go home, you know, you can't do a lot of things because we have to put your sternum back together, your chest bone back together. And for that to heal, you can't, push or pull or, you know, forward or back, you, you can't reach behind you, right. you can't put your arms over your head. It's, it's a lot, you know, so we ask everybody about their support system. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I don't, I haven't really asked anybody, do you have a support system to lose weight? You know, we just kind of talk about things that they can do. And, and, and everybody knows, you know, when I bring it up and I start saying, okay, let's talk about some healthy food choices. Mm-hmm. Never already says, well, I know, I know I, I will, I will, you know, but right. what's a cheeseburger going to do? And I'm like, well, you know, yes, but you're also here. Yeah. So we do need right. to talk about these things, you right. know, but it's hard to talk about, you know, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little shameful because, you know, you shouldn't have and, but you yep. want to, and you're tired and, you know, so it's, it's a really hard balance of, you know, people are people, you yeah. know, and they, they have coping mechanisms versus, Hey, you really got to get serious with this if you want to be healthy. But a problem we see sometimes is, um, you know, if you're obese, you have problems healing, right? You know, there's a, a lot of problems around procedures and surgeries that if you, if, if we think you can't heal, then we can't do the surgery, right? You know, you can't stitch, fat layers together. They won't heal back together. So if you have a lot of that, you you're coming across a problem now where we can't even do a procedure 
because you might not heal from it and that's going to cause more problems. You know, I think that's what really gets some people when their fallback plan is, well, you know, I'll just go in and they'll just clean and clean out the arteries for me. Right. When you get to a spot where we're saying, Hey, we can't do this because you're not going to be able to heal from these incisions. Then you're in a whole nother world of problems. Oh my gosh. Yes. I hadn't even realized that that was, that was becoming an issue. That's scary. Um, because then you face infections and all those other things, right? If you can't heal properly, you've got all that, uh, a whole nother gamut worth of things that you don't want to go down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, like the needing to be in the preventable stage and needing to do all that. So what do you have? Like, a, what, what's your, like your best motivating, like thing to tell someone that like helps them like helps the light bulb go off. Um, usually it's just being very honest. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of times people kind of tiptoe, tiptoe around it. And, you know, we say just, you know, be gotta be healthy if you want to, you know, have a good life and that's easy right. to kind of sweep under the rug. But, you know, for somebody that this literally could be life and death, you know, just being honest with them and say, Hey, if you continue down this road, this is what lies ahead of you. Right. You know, did, do you want to meet your grandchildren? Do you want to see your child walk across the graduation stage at college? You know, what, what are your lifelong goals? You know, what do you want to do? Do you want to travel when you're, you know, when you retire? Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, everybody says yes to all those things. And I say, okay, well, how are you going to travel if you have to be here in case you have a heart attack? Right. What are you going to do if you're in New Zealand and you have a heart attack? And you don't have your doctors, you don't have your support system here, right? you know, and that usually is kind of a light bulb of, oh, you know, I do want to walk my daughter down the aisle and, oh, you know, I, I do want to see my grandchildren and I do want to travel, you know, and that kind of puts it in a little bit more perspective. Because mm -hmm. um, like I said, the diet and exercise are really hard things to kind of get on board for. Once you're on board, usually people are good to go and they really, really they feel better. They look better. They're healthier. They live great lives. They have more energy. Right. You know, it's just getting on the boat. That's the hard part. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, mentioning all those things, one of the things that popped in my head was, um, of course, the, the cost of, you know, and I get that a lot is, you know, oh, it's so expensive to eat healthy. But it it's a lot easier to do that when you know what the cost is going to be down the road if you don't do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very expensive. It's like, that's, that's <laughs> Hospitals not, are expensive. Medications yeah. are expensive. Surgeons are expensive. It's, it's definitely cheaper to eat healthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, cause I, I know a few people that have had uh, bypass surgery, you know, in the last couple of years. And I remember one of them was like, wait a minute, the hospital wanted this much. And then the doctor sent me a bill. Like I thought they were together. I'm like, Oh no, no. Like, and then you'll get another bill from this place and you'll get another bill from this place. And then you got to pay for your medication. And then you, and it adds up to a lot of money. Um, really does. Even if you have really good insurance. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's when you take a look at that and sometimes, unfortunately it's too late, but it, when you take that, I think that's the, the lesson we need to learn is that it's, it's much better for you to pay an extra $2 a meal for the healthy food than it is to pay that big chunk all at the end. Certainly. Because <laughs> you know? then that could, that could wipe out. If you want it, like you ask somebody, you know, like, do you want to travel when you retire? Well, that could be all of your retirement. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. easily. So. 
Um, well, I really, I mean, I, I'm so thankful that you were able to connect with me and, and we were able to do this because I think this has been very helpful for people. Um, and I, I, I would like to ask you what's like, what's your, what's your idea or definition? Uh, and we sort of talked about this a little bit, I'm sure. Um, but of a healthy lifestyle, like your personal idea or vision of that for you. Uh, for me, I think it's all about, you know, your happiness mm-hmm. and not necessary, not necessarily a gluttonous happiness, but just like a pure happiness, you know, for me being outside and doing things, biking, swimming, running, that makes me happy. I have more energy. I'm tan. <laughs> I feel better. I, I look better. You yeah. know, eating healthy makes me feel good. You know, um, my sister always says, you know, the more I eat, the hungrier I am. You know, if, if I fast for a day, I'm just not hungry and I have so much more energy. But the second, you know, I eat whatever other food, God, I'm just so hungry all the time. I wake up hungry. I go to bed hungry, right. you know, and it is, it's a vicious cycle, you know, and just indulging in healthy things is happy. You know, a lot of people say, you know, sometimes, you know, my chicken wings or whatever, just make me happy. My cake makes me happy. Right. Well, yeah, but other things can make you happy too, you know? Right. And those things, those things will make you happy in the moment, but not necessarily long-term, not not, granted. There's not anything wrong with it every now and then, but it's, it's when we get into the lifestyle of, of cake every day or, you know, those types of, of, of foods every day, the fried foods every day, that that's when it's, that's when it's the bad side of things. Honestly, it's about moderation. Yeah. Have a cake for your birthday, you right. know, eat pizza on a movie night with your family. You know, as long as you're not doing that stuff every day, yeah. it's okay. You know, lay down on the couch and have a relaxed day. Right. You know, but don't do that every day instead of doing your exercising. You yeah. know, moderation is the key. <laughs> yep. I agree. Well, thank you again so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Thanks for checking out the All in Health and Wellness Confidence Through Health podcast. Our goal is to use health as a conduit to help you reach your goals in life. A little lighter than me. I'm about to black out and grip is getting tighter on me. I think I like it deep inside. I feel the fire in me. She liked the milky, steamy cream into the coffee in me. She got soul in the sway.